Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. The topic today is Identity Theft Red Flags Rule Compliance, and we're speaking with a new expert on the topic, Bill Sewell. Bill, thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Bill, you've been immersed in this topic, I know now, for a couple of weeks, but before we get into uh, to talking a bit about that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your unique experience? Well, I've uh, spent the last 30 years in a variety of roles as a corporate attorney, general counsel, chief information security officer, and operational risk manager. Uh, spent the last 10 years with Citigroup uh, handling a lot of the information security uh, tasks, such as uh, helping to write the Citigroup uh, information security policy and standards and running their training and awareness program. Uh, so I've, I've had a pretty diverse experience uh, both in the field, uh, trying to implement the nuts and bolts of information security, plus also you know doing the high-level policies and procedures, things like that. So, Bill, you've got a webinar upcoming for us where you're really going to walk through the examination guidelines for the red flags rule. In the time you've immersed yourself in that, how big of a task would you say red flags compliance is for a banking institution? Well, assuming the bank has a, a good identity theft program already in place, uh, there is really not going to be that much work. Uh, basically, it'd be a documentation exercise. Uh, you'll need board approval. Uh, you'll need to probably draft some specific documents on how you detect and handle red flag events and probably enhance uh, your incident response process and, and your training. Uh, but if the bank does not have a good ID theft program in place already, then the task is going to be pretty monumental. And you know, keep in mind, it's not going to be red flags that's going to make it a big task. It's really getting the overall ID theft program up to speed. So it, you know, red flags are really an enhancement to an ID theft program. So if it's in place, it's not a big job. But if the ID theft program's not in place, then yeah, it's going to take a lot of resources. So as you go through these examination guidelines, where do you find, say, the, the biggest gotchas for an institution? I don't think there, there really are going to be gotchas. Uh, I mean, it's a new regulation. It'll be a new set of examination procedures, and there will be that learning process. But the, you know, the address discrepancy rules, the red flag rules that the regulators issued, um, they're all consistent, uh, and they're for the most part, pretty straightforward, especially the address discrepancy rules. They're, you know, pretty simple. And the red flag rules are almost a cut and paste out of the regulations themselves. So I don't think there's going to be any uh, surprises in terms of the specific language of the examination procedures. Now, do you see any specific areas that stand out as those that the institution should prepare for in advance of this examination? Yeah, one thing I'd focus on is um, one thing the all the regulators focus on are three critical words that a business must be able to de detect, prevent, and mitigate identity theft. And the regulators use these words so many times that you know they're sending through I think a message that says you've got to have a seamless integrated program that runs start to finish. So you must be able to not only detect a red flag event, you've got to be able to take steps to prevent it from causing harm to the customer or the bank, and you've got a way to mitigate it quickly and make sure it doesn't happen again. So if 
the institution just adopts, say, a red flag program that identifies the 26 events but doesn't tell the employee what to do to resolve it or how to hand it off to the incident response team, uh, it really has got a disconnect in that detect, prevent, mitigate requirement. So that's probably one of the things I would focus on is making sure I covered all three bases and that it's a seamless connection between all three, that there are clear handoffs between detection all the way through to the mitigation and even reporting to senior management. Now, we've seen examination guidelines come from the OTS, the OCC, FDIC, NCUA. From what you've seen, how will the exams differ from agency to agency? There, you know, based upon the language and what the regulators are saying, there should not be any difference at all, really. The language in the regulations, the language in the examination procedures uh, is exactly the same from agency to agency. Um, there are some minor differences. Uh, for example, the FTC uh, has delayed enforcement uh, of their requirements until next year, but that doesn't, you know, relieve uh, businesses subject to FTC oversight from having to start compliance as of the November 1 deadline. There will also be some minor differences uh, in terms of how the actual examination is conducted. Um, for example, the safety and soundness examiners will be looking at the red flag program overall, while the customer compliance examiners will be focusing on the address discrepancy provisions. Uh, and then if you've got automated systems, for example, that uh, handle any of the red flag detection or resolution, then the technology uh, examiners will be most likely looking at that. So overall, there should not be any uh, distinction between the agencies, but in terms of the details, uh, for example, there may be a uh, assignment of responsibility amongst the examiners based upon how the agency sets up its overall team, but it should not be a major hurdle in terms of agency-to-agency -agency discrepancies. Bill, you've just completed recording a webinar on the examination guidelines, walking through them step-by-step. Step. What should prospective attendees expect from this session? Well, basically, I provide a, an overview of the basic requirements for the address discrepancy and red flag programs. Uh, give you an idea of their uh, the, the laws from which they evolved and the, the regula regulations that were issued for them. And then we go through in detail each of the examination procedures for these two areas uh, and try to give you some tips and advice on how to prepare for them and deal with any problems that may pop up uh, during the examination. And then at the end, uh, I go through quite a few resources that you can use to get further information. And also, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff, um, miscellaneous detailed issues that need to be addressed in these examinations. So I put together a checklist uh, that you can use in advance to go through and make sure you've covered the bases so that when the examination starts, you know that you're in a good uh, starting position to go forward. And also you can use the checklist just for a general compliance overview uh, to make sure your red flag program does comply with the regulatory and examination requirements. One of the things I really enjoyed about your presentation was that you took time at the beginning to explain to a banking security leader what they might do in advance of the examination. If you could pull from that one tip that you'd offer in how best to prepare for this process, what would that be? 
Well, you know, regardless of the type of examination you're going into, uh, the one thing I've always found is that the best thing you can do is develop a good working relationship with your examiner or your examination team. Um, I found that if you can develop a relationship that's based upon trust and respect, uh, it will save you a lot of grief and, and additional work during the examination. Uh, because in, inevitably, problems are going to be raised. You know, whether they ultimately wind up in the report or not, you're going to need a way to quickly and effectively deal with those programs and demonstrate to the regulator that, you know, even if it was a slip-up, uh, there's enough of a good, rigorous program in place that it should not have any significant impact. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to convince them that you've got a good program in place and they're going to have to trust your judgment, uh, your sincerity uh, in expressing uh, how strong that program is. So, you know, one of the things I, I've always focused on in regulatory examinations is making sure I've got a good working relationship with that examiner. You know, it also works on the other side, Tom, that you also need to make sure that management is fully committed to the program because when that problem arises, you know, the regulator is going to want to see whether management either was aware of the program and is effectively trying to fix it or if it even was an issue that came out of the blue, management has the type of commitment that even if they don't fully agree with the finding, they realize that it's something they've got to focus on and they are committed to carrying it forward to some type of effective resolution. So I think if you covered those two bases, um, you'll be pretty well prepared for any type of problem that may come up during the examination. Very good, Bill. You've, you've offered some valuable insight, and I know that people will get a lot out of your webinar, so I appreciate you taking time today to, to give us some additional thoughts on it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. We've been talking with Bill Sewell. The topic has been Identity Theft Red Flags Rule Compliance and the Examination Guidelines. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.